I can't move. What the hell is all that? Visual input unstable. I, I want you to relax, Alex. Subject stumping too much epinephrine. Should we purge him? Uh, not yet. Unlock vertebrae. Go ahead, Kim. Unlock upper, lower experiments. What suit is this? It's not a suit, Alex. It's, it, it's you. I'd really like to see like the cutout footage of him like you know playing ball with his son and sort of the like oh here I'll pitch you the ball and he throws the ball through the house mm -hmm. and everybody just laughs and laughs <laughs> yeah it's crushed in his head you know a movie you would like is RoboCop 3 <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yes. I, I know that because I've listened to Jesse's podcast <laughs> here we go. this is in the cut and hi I'm Jesse I am here with the members of the cut 45 we have long wanted to do a crossover project in the Cut 45. If you guys have a better name than In the Cut 45. Oh no, we've discussed it in practices okay. before. There's All Up In the Cut 45. Right. All Up in, <laughs> in the Cut 45, I think, was the leader. Yeah. Yes. No, that, was, that was the one that was said, and I heard you walk into practice, and it was like, what are you doing? What are you... <laughs> yeah, but that's how I walk into every practice. <laughs> I'm Jesse. To my immediate right is Tom. Say oh. hi, Tom, so everyone knows your voice. Oh, hello. To his right is Gordy. Say a, your favorite RoboCop quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, damn it. I wish I could do the fucking scream of the dude getting melted by the toxic <laughs> <laughs> This is my favorite RoboCop. There, oh, that's yeah. a good one. It's one of the one or two lines from the original RoboCop that wasn't just repurposed for this <laughs> movie. A little, a little Wilhelmy. Yeah. <laughs> and to his right... Ethan Ski, hi Ethan. Hi, uh, I thought we were doing a show. I've been standing here with an amp for two hours. It's <laughs> very embarrassing. You guys can put your you really instruments away. You really do not now. promote this very Strong well. Strong shit! I did a really bad job of organizing this. <laughs> the all ages kids have all gone to bed. I know. We just get confused. It's a school night. What do you do? If you've never listened to the show before, we try to watch a movie first and then pick it apart and tr get under the hood a little bit to see what worked or what didn't. We don't try to figure out whether you should watch or not watch the movie. We expect you to have already watched the movie by the time you're listening to this podcast. So if you haven't already, check out the new RoboCop movie. By all means, let us ruin it for oh, you. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but all of which is a roundabout way of saying uh, spoilers will abound in this podcast. So oh, um, yeah. turn it off now if you don't want the movie RoboCop <laughs> in 2014. Not having been able to actually watch any of the old RoboCop or the new RoboCop before seeing this, I just got online and like... YouTube just the word RoboCop and things like that. <laughs> Trying to find the Simpsons had referenced him and um, sure. Um, I think the Robo Organizer was what mm. they had in yeah. there who can streamline any situation except this thing called love. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys remember in the original RoboCop when RoboCop is first unleashed on the streets of Detroit, he pulls his gun on what is ostensibly a rape in progress and shoots the guy's dick off. Yes, he does. You yes. guys will recall from yes. the original Robocop. Through the dress, Walk which is through, kind right? of, like, <laughs> I think that's just showing off. That's actually an interesting way of getting into one of the things that's obviously different about this Robocop from the one before it, which is that the, the original Robocop was really, really um, subversive in a lot of ways, but one of the ways was that it was hyper-violent, and the that's violence exactly right. was super, super, uh, like, over-the-top and stylized. And in fact, the story of the original RoboCop movie is that they made the violence even more, like, extravagant and grandiose and ridiculous, and without the super comedically over-the-top, like, violence, it doesn't read as satire. It just looks like the most violent action film ever, <laughs> right. where everybody is, like, miserably and brutally killed over and over again, which is not what we were going for. We were going for, like, exaggerated satire. Well, but that's even Paul Verhoeven's uh, right. like, whole thing. Like, it was, uh, as far as I remember, that was kind of his entire approach to the first movie, was to make... 
the sort of like alpha male like action movie <laughs> done to the nth degree and sure. then sort of interspro- uh, interspersing that with sort of the different commercials and like things mm-hmm. like that had a oh, miss the commercials yeah oh man that <laughs> that, that was awesome that <laughs> um like it, interspersing that with the sort of cartoonish violence on there sort of he i he was trying to sort of make a commentary on how acceptable violence had become. And like when that was submitted, it kind of was like, Oh, well this is totally unacceptable. It's like, except for the fact that it's totally acceptable in every other thing. Right. And just sort of like coming back toward it. And it's interesting to think of a scenario in which like more violence would have made it more like digestible. And right. yet they, when, when the, like the sensors reeled it back in a little bit, it upset even the people trying to make the movie. At right. The time. Right. And it's funny because obviously like you look back at a movie that was made 20, 30 years ago, no matter the most violent movie in the universe that was made in the eighties is like going to just seem tame by today's standards. Right? Oh, yeah. It's just but kind of how the march of progress goes. One thing I did notice that I was like looking for it to happen, even as just like a subtle reference to like, back to it was just, the amount that a person would get shot up. <laughs> those gun sounds were the same. Like, yeah. uh, like those repeated mm-hmm. gun sounds, like, were that, yeah. that totally, mm-hmm. like, struck some nerve that, like, has, you know, since I haven't seen the movie in at least yeah, yeah. a decade, like, yeah. that came back around. But, like, the shots of, like, the person's back with the bullets going out of it, or, like, the amount, <laughs> the amount of explosions that happen on a person's body, that right. wasn't so much there. Right. right. Well, I think that one thing this movie tried to do was give you the kind of, like, kinetic feeling of RoboCop going around and blowing guys away. But at the same time, like, uh, hedging it by giving him, like, a stun gun that worked just like (laughs) his original gun. But as far as we know, almost nobody was actually killed in this movie. And it's right. a weird... That's a whole nother topic that I think is fascinating. A lot of people shaking on the ground and shitting their pants. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of shitting their pants. Yeah. Oh, so much. No. I think the PG-13-ification of RoboCop, I think... It's the opposite of what RoboCop stood for before, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because they right. like a, a movie that couldn't have been released in theaters, right? That's right. what the original RoboCop yeah, yeah, was yeah. meant to be, and then it was reeled back in. Whereas this is a movie that was really targeted to walk a PG-13 line. Right, yeah, yeah. What I found really interesting about this one compared to the original is that it's totally insane to think about this, but the, the first RoboCop... In terms of uh, in terms of its themes, had far more subtlety to it mm. than this RoboCop did because this RoboCop was all about was basically a movie about drones and mm-hmm. how people are unsettled about drones, the drone mm-hmm. programs that the U.S. government is using, mm-hmm. and it sort of took this artificial idea based in a very specific time period and tried to sort of build an existing movie framework around it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the original RoboCop was a commentary on violence in media and sort of tried to push the boundaries of what was acceptable there. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, I find the first RoboCop a lot more morally and thematically interesting mm-hmm. than I found this one because there was significantly less sort of character development. It was mainly like... You know, moments of moralization interspersed with a bunch of, like, ridiculous violence that totally undercut all the moralization. What do you guys think? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have that kind of desire. You drove it home home a little faster than I, uh, I was, like, three steps to that. I I didn't even notice that at all until just now. Like, holy shit, you're absolutely right. I think that's a totally, Um, like, valid reaction, though. And here's why. The original RoboCop... It had a way of presenting itself as satire and kind of like wearing its theme on its sleeve and being super, super obvious mm. that was really deliberate. And I think this movie tried to tackle, th- right? It tried to. So if you're going to take yeah. a movie that's a satire, you can't just satirize the same things that were being satirized 30 years ago because we're in a different world. Yeah. Right. right. So you can try to say, like, okay, well, what's on people's minds now, right? Like this. This like you know fake ass media narrative, right. this yeah. drone program, this um, about the, mil- the military, yeah, yeah. militarization of the police force. I mean, these are really interesting ideas to try and grapple with, right? right? But it, to just throw them all into a blender and call it and make that the setting of yeah. your new Robocop movie doesn't 
do the same have the same effect that the original RoboCop did, where it had such a clarity of focus on what it was trying to do and say. Yeah, right. right? I mean, it had that effect. Like when I was when I was young, like that chilled the fuck out of me. Was that, was that right. movie? Like like that struck me as the thing that like you know parents were talking about their kids watching movies or playing mm-hmm. video games and going out then and like reenacting that that shit on the public which is ridiculous because you know we have brains and we can actually like you know you know <laughs> hey, speak around for yourself but <laughs> but it it was like the example of it that i that that rolled around in my head of like that that kind of thing like an automated robot distro- like just blowing a person up in detail right yeah, in front of you. yeah like stuff like that Right, I mean, Murphy's execution in the original movie was an extended scene of yeah. him being oh, blown yeah. into physical pieces by guns. Yeah, on, yeah, you know, and, they, and the, Ed, the, the, what was it when they were the demonstrating the, Ed, I'm going to fuck up the numbers. Ed 209. Ed 209, yeah. um, not, uh, not having the security codes uh, correct right. and just blowing up people in this nice business room. Right. It's one of my first times of seeing, I remember of thinking of like, uh, people in business suits and, like, uh, professionals of any kind being, like, fucking root evil in any way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, yeah. or, or just, like, like just monsters that tear each other apart. Right. You know, and I, I don't know. That was, that's, that, that was, like, one of the, uh, <laughs> the quarters right. on the railroad track that shot me down the different, yeah, yeah, yeah. different the, route years the, and years. The, and that scene where, where in the original RoboCop, where, where that man is trying to hide behind his colleagues, and they're just mm-hmm. rolling him mm-hmm. back out, mm-hmm. has so much more of an effect than any scene in the movie we just watched. Mm-hmm. By oh, yeah. absolutely. Again, there's a clarity of purpose. And, yeah. and, and this movie I, tries to throw so much at the wall, but doesn't try to really dig deep enough. Yeah, I think the observation was a lot more, like, human-based, too, of just, like, you know, stuck in this situation, are you going to let your your greed rule you or, like, let your, like, self-preservation and sacrificing of others around you rule you or are you going to, you know, just do what you have to do? Right, this is the mentality of the people making the decisions that affect everybody's lives, right? Right. So, so, Um, yeah, so for being as, like, as much of something that flashes the ultraviolence in front of everybody, it was, I mean... It seemed like that was kind of trying to like explain like root elements of. Yeah, what I, th- I think that yeah. I, I heard I heard a phrase one time. Um, forgive me for not remembering who to attribute this to, but um, it was if you can't explain something in the simplest terms, then you don't understand it. That was Car- Carson Daly. Carson Daly. Yes, from the MTV Carson Net. Daly. Um, that's right. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't the dude from uh, Smash <laughs> Mouth? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure no, that's Smash the next Mouth line was, lyric. and now here's Smash Mouth. <laughs> 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 but I think there's something to that, right? A movie like the original RoboCop is way more simple, like simplistic, right? Than the movie we just watched. But at the same time, it's because the person making that movie understood things in a, in such a way that they could present things in a really readily digestible and understandable way as satire. And this movie tries to do so much, but it's like a mile wide and an inch deep. I don't care how sophisticated these machines are, Mr. Sellers. A machine does not know what it feels like to be human. Can't understand the value of human life. Why should it be allowed to take one? To to, to legislate over life and death, we need people who understand right from wrong. What do your machines feel? Well, they feel no anger. They feel no prejudice. They feel no fatigue which makes them ideal for law enforcement. Putting these machines on the streets will save countless American lives. You're evading the question. No, I'm not. Yes, you're evading the question. I asked, what do these machines feel if one of them uh, killed a child? What would it feel? Nothing. And that's the problem. That's why 72% of Americans will not stand for a robot pulling the trigger. The problem that I, that I think that this version runs into is that it's trying to impose an artificial morality on a fictional world. Mm-hmm. It's trying to impose a modern hot-button issue on a movie about us. Uh, guy who's made into a robot that shoots criminals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's trying like it's trying to involve itself in an incredibly complex s- debate 
that yeah. it's not prepared to deal with. Mm. Whereas the original Co- RoboCop, here is a violent movie that in many ways is a commentary on violent movies. That is a, that's that's a, a home run right there. It's like, okay, Paul Verhoeven in a lot of ways was willing to do a lot more extreme things in the service of the theme the theme that he was trying to explore. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, by limiting it with PG thirteen and having sort of this overarching uh, like media sensitive idea behind it with sort of these weird sort of anti-corporate and sort of anti-violence ideas sort of behind it but while also taking some of the violence that Verho- uh, Verhoeven's original film really sort of it wouldn't let you look away like with the like the death of Alex or the crippling of Alex Murphy in the original RoboCop, that was a brutal, brutal scene. I mean, just right. having a guy dismantled with firearms. Right. Whereas in that's, this it's one, it's upsetting to watch. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it's a it's a bomb. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. All of a sudden, right. Alex Murphy walks to his car and now is RoboCop. Like it's a very right. sort of binary situation. Whereas in the original RoboCop. He walks into the warehouse, he's captured, and then they basically torture him with guns right. to death. Yeah, the original right. one was so stark in comparison. Yeah, it's like exactly. I really appreciated that about the first one. Then it was like kind of almost like that Kill Bill, like systematically finding each one of those dudes in his memory and just laying them to waste. Mm-hmm. And it had yeah. that great, like, oh yeah, revenge flick to it. And at this mm. one, I was like, uh, was he originally mad at? Yeah. Wait, who was he originally? <laughs> fucking. Why isn't yeah, he picking yeah, yeah. off dudes one at a time? Yeah, yeah or, what we just saw kind of fails by failed by like comparison that I think like a lot of things that I've seen lately do, where it's just like it's over. Like like all of that got taken care of in really like quick systematic ways, rather mm-hmm. than like a drawn out. You know, to, to pull the emotion out of out of like a scene like that, or just make that make like make that execution stark or something like yeah. that, or you know, build it up. It means more when you go to the next scene and play it off of that. I yeah, I don't know. Plus, I mean, like the like there's a been a discussion going on like the last like 24 hours because of uh, with some of the people that I know the ways that CGI is not necessarily ruining movies, but like. Modern CGI is making movies worse, and it takes situations that should be visceral and makes them like very abstract. Like mm-hmm. for me, the climax of the movie, and this is the real problem with the direction. The climax of the movie is the fight in uh, the fight between what's his name, the drug dealer, and That's Robocop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he goes in and he does the thing, and like. Half of the half of it is shot in like uh, low light, uh, mm-hmm. sort of like infrared yeah. goggles, and the other side is an actual like infrared. Vision. Well, yeah, yeah and there, there was time yeah. to do like a scene where the light changes and the uh, you know, or they right. they made the time for that. For yeah, the, yeah, but I mean, and, like and in terms of like the most exciting moment in the film. Like, the ED-209 fights, I mean, it's basically just, hey, look, a computer-generated robot finding another computer-generated robot until Omar stands in front of him. The end. Like, but the other one, it's like, okay, here's a gunfight. They have obviously prepared quite a bit. There's fortifications. There's tons of firearms. They all have weapons that are theoretically at least supposed to be able to kill RoboCop. And there's like right. 40 of them, and he just sort of walks around and shoots people. And it's sort of like sometimes it's black and white, sometimes it's red and black. And it, it like there were aspects of that that I really liked, and it was it was that they laid out the stakes in advance. Right. right? Like I mean, this is like just being a communicator as a filmmaker. Right. right. You lay the stakes out like right. That. You set up this idea that like okay, when we're seeing this scenario through RoboCop's eyes, it's going to be in this like. Predator vision, and we were saying right. for the villain's eyes, it's gonna be this black and white night vision thing, and you can like have fun <clears> with that. And I'm like, okay, they're actually setting up a really interesting scene and a right. really interesting yeah. dynamic. And then what we actually got from it was just random flash cuts that could have been shown yeah. in, in any order, like <laughs> oh, yeah. all 250 <laughs> random cuts oh, yeah, of yeah, that yeah. could in have been literally movie. any order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it would have been 
just as yeah, cohesive yeah. or incohesive <laughs> and, as what we saw. And the fact that, like, at the end is like the it's the lone dude standing up and his ID pops up and it's like the Vashon gun. It's just prep, right? Yeah. And dude says like. That's it. Right. That's how you. He's fucking twenty feet away. You can yeah. barely see him. Like Blurp. that's how you killed a dude that like killed you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. that bummed me out. Not right. into that. And there were no dudes fucking mutilated by fucking vats of chemical waste. <laughs> that is what I was trying. That, like that yes. movie was severely lacking chemical waste burns. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, and, absolutely. Like, and that's an, that's another 40. thing to like. That's another thing to like look at. It's like okay, one of the things about the original RoboCop was that when somebody got shot. Somebody got fucking shot. Right. Like, yeah. you know, somebody got like, you know, there were holes in those motherfuckers. Yeah, I saw but, nothing different with this than like a lot of a lot of movies I've seen where these like, are all they're all happen. like yeah. this is yet like just another in a long line of things where like somebody gets shot and they go Urgh! and they fall down. Like no like, you know, theoretically RoboCop is probably using some of the most high-tech horrifying projectile weaponry available in the future like there's going to be pieces of people flying all over the place like if he like puts a burst of fire into a human being there's probably going to be at least a few chunks of that human being no longer associated with that body so like i think that the movie doesn't even this movie like pretending for a moment that this was a movie that was an original piece, right? There was okay. never an original mo- right, right. Up one, two, or three. This is the first time anyone in the universe has ever been exposed to this idea. Right, right. I think there's actually a lot that works about this movie. But one mm-hmm. thing that doesn't is that you're trying to make a violent story. You're trying to tell a violent tale, and you are excising all violence from the presentation yeah. of the story. Yeah. And it undermines the it what you're getting It breaks that one mark right? and then it doesn't go past that. And right. I, th- I think that you're, what you were talking about before, Tom, was, um, was is really apt because you do your audience such a disservice by nerfing, like making all the violence like nerf violence. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. soft and okay and not upsetting and stuff. And I think that's something that to bring the to come back to the existence of the original World Cups mm-hmm. that the, the original oh, yeah. World Cups did they made it really really like m- miserable and gruesome and upsetting right, and yeah. I think that is very necessary if you're trying to tell a story about the effect of violence on our society right. and especially <laughs> if the story has to, so many hooks into really really fucking important things like the fucking use of drones to kill people right. like the fucking militarization of the police force yep. things that are killing people co-members of the human race every single day exactly you were doing such a disservice to your theme by by making it all like this like softened bloodless death that so many PG-13 movies are 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 fall victim to yeah to this day I will be affected by what I saw in Robocop Mm -hmm. Um, yeah tomorrow I will probably just remember him (laughs) as having like a Knight Rider helmet right (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh no a machine that assesses this right an axe. Alright? That's it. It's two steps. Now, now watch out. The software assesses the threat just like the robot. Yeah. And it sends the information to the brain. Alex's brain receives the information and decides what to do with it based on his emotional and right. cognitive abilities, like any man would. Alright. Then the brain relates this to the AI module and uh like, you know. A year later. Our computers finished the job, Raymond. You, you wanted a man inside a machine, and, and that's what you've got, but the, but the human element will always be present. Fear, instinct, bias, uh, compassion, they will always interfere with the system. Okay, but Dennett, I've got to give the American people something they can root for, something aspirational, right? They have to believe in this thing. Pretty good, that's not, I don't know how to sell, okay. We, you and I, have got a release date. Well, I, I disliked about the fucking like Transformers movie how like what a simple action has now turned into this like giant parade of like CG like <laughs> things and I'm just like I don't even that's so unnecessary it's like I don't even fucking I remember the Transformer cartoons like those helped me like actually transform my toys yeah. I couldn't get those I could actually watch these like oh movies along with like Robocop is just like 
Look at all this shit going on right now. Oh, really yeah. fast. Panels and ratchets and fucking shit was rotating everywhere. The backs of my eyeballs sting and yeah. my brain is quivery and I don't like this. Has it's, it gone away? So much of it is about you don't have anything to take out of the theater with you in terms of the design of the character, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. the, and the more like you lose the forest for the trees and you go in and you make every little microscopic part of the character really interesting and detailed mm-hmm. in a certain way, you lose side of like an overall really cohesive character design yeah but i mean i i could literally draw the original robocop from memory after yeah. 10 years of not having seen the movie because it, his his lines and forms were so comprehensive right and this movie is just like you're saying it's like the transformers movie where it looks i mean not as bad as a sorry it's i i don't i don't mean to no it's not <laughs> slag on this bad. movie too bad. not that bad but the transformers yeah. movies no. were like someone poured like scrap metal into a blender and then just filmed yeah. it for two hours yeah. And this was and, a little bit like Spawn and a little bit like, yeah. I don't know, Batman. Mm. Um, I will very, say. Very and you lose yeah. so much. And, and especially because there's this huge trend to just, and they completely lampshaded it in this movie where they were like, okay, make the silver's black. cool, but make yeah. it black. It'll, yeah, we'll yeah, make yeah, it yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So they made that, obviously, this is one of many, many things that they try to explain in the movie. Yeah. It's like basically pandering to the audience. That's yeah. like, it just annoys the shit out of me. Where it's like, you know what? The reason the original Robocop design was distinct was because it was distinct. Not yeah. because it, it needed a bunch of excuses to be made to be made. Right, right. It. That's why I kinda chuckled when it was over and uh, right. and, and like you know, all the all the uh, the, the distress is resolved. And he's going home with his family. He's like, now you're silver again. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now it's you're weird, the original It's Robo weird Pop that again. Right, they want to leave that imprinted in your memory yeah. as you walk out of the theater that he's silver again. Yeah, Even though yeah. they wanted to make the entire movie like laser black Robocop. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like, however, mid 10 years ago when the first X Men movie where they're making like a joke about how like. Wolverine's like, why am I wearing a bunch of tight, skin-tight black leather? And the audience is like, that's a good fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then someone else, someone, what it was, Cyclops or whoever is like, what would you prefer, like yellow and black spandex? And the audience is like, kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's like three people like, yeah. And everyone's like, what? That's what I remember about the first one. Like, anytime there was trouble. It shows that fucking hip holster like popping open and guns running out. Yeah, and they showed it like once in this movie, like when he originally showed him. Yeah, yeah, and and yet another to reference to the original that was yeah. completely just shoehorned in. And yeah, it's I just buy like, that for a dollar was terrible. Right. That yeah. was a terrible. Story. Every every single reference to the original movie did not make sense. No, yeah. and it's because they understand that audiences will react to callbacks. Right. They don't understand what made the original line or mechanical action of the leg or whatever work. I mean, in a perfect world, I wouldn't have them remake the original Robocop with the original... You know yeah. themes like that necessarily, right? right. I would rather they modernize. Although and, Peter and Weller and does need to work. Yeah, I know. So I would rather it be modernized. And you know, I would rather they kind of like you know murder my sacred cows and not <laughs> and 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 upset me by the ways that they departed from the original movie. Right. But they kind of chose to modernize it in some ways that I appreciate and right. try some new things that I appreciate. But it was the whole thing again was so nerfed, and the whole thing again was so slavishly devoted to the original that you. I mean, we've talked for an hour so far, and all we've done is compared this movie to the original. I knew it's I was because, going to. It's I because this movie you demands you compare it to the original. Well, the movie asks you. Almost to. any remake does. I yeah. think this would have been a decent sci-fi movie or whatever. It's like you didn't need to call it Robocop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. You could have called it Robot. Yeah. Robot Police Officer. <laughs> robot Peace Officer. But okay, maybe you, that's not it. Murphy the Robot. <laughs> Cyborg the, Cop. The, the Adventures of the maybe Robot that. who thought he was a cop briefly. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, do you want do you want to watch hockey? The, uh, right. the Murphy story. It's <laughs> not even my brain. We had to repair the damaged areas, but we didn't interfere with your emotion or your intellect. Do you, un- you understand me, Alex? You're, you're in control. I'm in control? Yes. 
Okay. If I'm in control, then I want to die. Just unplug whatever it is keeping me alive and end this nightmare. Like that that's the thing. It's like, you know, if it hadn't been for the Robocop angle, I don't think like we'd even be talking about this movie. Because it would have been just another like entry in like what's usually four or five almost totally anonymous like action movies that come out every year. I mean, it's like, uh, remember, uh, was it last year uh, with all the fucking Hercules movies? Nope. There was two within the <laughs> same, yeah, like, yeah. 11 or 12 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, and then you start adding, like, you know, the, like, uh, Asylum sort of version mm-hmm. yeah. of the things. Were there things like that. like that with the original Robocop? Were there, like, you yes. know, like, because I, I know Alien, when, 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 like, Alien came out, there was, like, a ton of movies that were... There was definitely... Me, uh, I mean, yeah. Robocop definitely spawned a legion of imitators. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The original did. This one never will. No. The original was so against the grain of the film of the time. Yeah. I mean, against the grain in a certain sense, but also, like you were saying, Tom, reflective of. Right. An, exa- an exaggerated version of. Yeah. Um, right. But it was like you walked out being, like, having the impression, like, I've never seen a movie quite like this. Yeah. And this movie is like, this is exactly like I every movie seen I've seen movie. for the last 10 years, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if it had been shot entirely in like blue and orange, like, <laughs> I think I would have been. It would have been totally indistinguishable from like eighty percent of the action movies. It, the way to turn the story on the head, if you really want to, is make it about instead of making it about a human in a robot's body who has to prove he's human, invert it. Yeah, yeah. Make, make it, it a about robot. a robot. Yeah. Who everyone thinks is a human in a robot's body, and he Matt. thinks it, but realizes by the end that he is just not. Dude, mm-hmm. that would have been super awesome if it had been like just, so... they take one of the robot bodies and they just like take this cop that just died, they peel off his fucking face, glue it to the front of this like right. robot, like, you know, give him like, you know, a couple of like, you know, uh, like cubic feet of skins and be right. like, oh, look at my arm. It's totally a human arm. Look at that. Right. And then have him sort of like, oh, okay, this Alex Murphy, who I am, like, trying to be, oh, this is what happened to him, and then go through that, and go through that, and go through that, and then eventually And, it, and in those private point. moments with his wife and his kid, it's all it really is, is a robot trying to explain to the wife and the kid that the guy you think I am is dead. Exactly. So I found that stuff more endearing in the movie than almost anything <laughs> else, was, like, the, attempt, the attempts at, like, being human when he's, like, a giant, like, steel thing making noise. Yeah, there was actually a lot like, that what, two minutes there. to yeah. that? And, uh, Fuck yeah. that shit. And not yeah. even as, as endearing as I was just thinking, like, this could be very endearing. <laughs> You're like, uh, oh. Yeah. No. Back to this. Back to the lab, figuring out how right. he gets his nutrient paste. <laughs> back to the yeah, lab, yeah. like looks just like what you see in commercials when they're advertising like toothpaste or whatever else. It's like one of the pro- virtual screens and uh, big circular um, oh, circle yeah. lights. Well, one of the problems that I, I found with this, and actually, like the whole like fucking baby food thing uh, from the original Robocop versus like the blood transfer and mm-hmm. like the antibiotics that stuff. God, one let, of the let me problem- interrupt you for a split second. Oh, yeah, good. The amazing thing about the baby food scene in the original Robocop is that it infantilizes your hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what oh, I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's... They would never put that scene in this movie because he has to be, like, tortured and jammed. Baby. But yeah, he, yeah, can't, yeah. he can't be anything but as cool as they can possibly make. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm. Whereas in the original Robocop, he was fucked up and stupid and had to eat baby food. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it, right? It's not like he could go out and get, like, an awesome steak. But, right. like, the, th- so, go on, the thing that I was going to talk about, and this, like, may actually bring something, like, sort of broader up, is talking about the state of science fiction f- cinema in general mm-hmm. and how suspension of disbelief is no longer something that's taken at face value. So you take the new RoboCop, people are no longer satisfied with it. Oh, he's baby food. Like, right. okay, like... You know, how could a human, how could a, like, a robot sustain itself with its power consumption needs on fucking baby food? So, shut up, fanboy, and just watch a fucking movie. Exactly. (laughs) Like, that's the thing that we've gotten away away from. Like, all of a sudden, now it's like, okay, 
when we go into the blood transfer scene, not only is it like, oh, the blood comes in one color and goes out another color, which is hilariously retarded in many, like, physiological ways, but you also talk about, like, so like, oh, okay, we need these antibiotics and these anti-inflammatories and these, you know, and we need the, like, you know, right. proteins and we need carbohydrates and we need this and that and that. We're trying to apply... In the movie, we're trying like they're trying to apply actual science to science fiction, which I, I think makes for bad science fiction. I so right. Well, I, I don't know. I sort of love it though. At okay. the same time, I mean, I, I love that the that the movies. I think it's bad for the pacing of the movie that they spend so much fucking time trying to just like excuse every single thing about why this is a stupid idea right, right. to put a human being in a robot body. Right, right. They spend so much, like, they burn so much celluloid trying to make that work mm-hmm. in the movie thing. But right. I also sort of get off on it a little bit because I love that kind of shit. In a different way. Like, it doesn't make the movie better for me, but I kind of like that someone working on this movie, like, in the writer's room was just like, well, wait, hold on a second. Why would that fucking work? Can you please explain why XYZ works? (laughs) Right, right. And I I sort of, like, understand that people who made this movie and wrote all these, like, hyper-specific things about how Robocop's physiology works, how his brain control thing works... How, like, all of this shit, like, the scenario un- un- into which he can be released into Detroit as a right. cop actually sort of politically makes sense. I love that people have obsessed about it as crazily as I probably would. Right. I mean, if you made me in charge of making a RoboCop reboot, I probably would go down the same rabbit holes. I would probably be like, well... I love everything about the original. I love that I never had to think about it. But if I had to make this movie today, I would probably geek out on, like, okay, what parts of the human body remain, right? Okay. Like, how does he talk? He probably needs lungs. He needs right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, 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 like, why would it? Why would the public accept a robot cop killing their fellow citizens? Well, there's a big political climate. And I would probably go down the same rabbit holes. Okay. And this is probably my best defense of what I actually really liked about the movie. And I feel like we've talked about... A lot of things that I hated about the movie. Okay. But one of the things I liked is that they did that, and they did a lot better than I thought they would. They certainly didn't do perfectly, and they certainly sacrificed the flo- like the actual kinetic movement of the movie to over-explaining every single thing. Okay. But I sort of had it got off on, on geeking out on some of that stuff. Well, is that part of the byproduct of like rehashing a movie that's Maybe. 20 years old? Maybe, like, yeah. As <laughs> whereas like... Paul Verhoeven and was like, you know, we're making a movie about a dude who was a dude, now he's kind of a robot. And <laughs> right. he blows fucking dudes away. As opposed to now, I was like, we have, we to, have, do, we have to do this justice. Okay, and let's right. put some thought into I've it. I've been stewing over this for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see, like, the writers before him, like, dropping acid or doing drugs. I was like, it's a cop, but he's a machine, but he fucking blows it. Like, put it on paper, goddammit. It, it also has to do with the assumed, like, savviness of the audience, right? Like, yeah. I mean, in, in 30 years ago, 35 years ago, they could, like, how does RoboCop work? Well, he has hydraulics. Yeah. They make his his arms and legs move. That was the explanation that the audience required. Mm. Today, the audience knows how, like, well, if he's being remotely controlled... How is yeah. his chip communicating with the... Like, I don't like, think right? you have the like, fiber optics. Exactly. I think the audience like demands too. more than they right. used to. Okay. okay. <laughs> but here but here's the issue that I have. Uh, sure. you, you know do you know the author William Gibson? Yeah. Okay. William Gibson coined the term cyberspace like a, almost a decade before cyberspace was even I and like an actual thing that you could access. The problem that I have with the science fiction elements in this film is that they are not science fiction enough. Science fiction, in my mind, should inspire people, should be like Star Trek science fiction, should be like Star Wars science fiction, Mm -hmm. should be technologies that are so far advanced, they change the way we think about the way technology and indeed, like, reality can actually work. Mm -hmm. In this one, it's basically taking, saying, okay, what would it be like if you made RoboCop now? Mm-hmm. And in my mind, or in it, ten years, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, you're near, just taking, near future. Stuff, right, you're yeah. taking existing technology and you're uh, using 
Yeah, it's it's like you're using like a, the wheel and a shovel to make science fiction. It's like no, you don't use the wheel and a shovel. You use a space wheel and you use a space shovel. You throw these concepts out and you try and think of workarounds and ideas to express workarounds for problems we currently like. Good science fiction, in my mind, looks at problems, calls something a workaround for it. And leaves it for the people who are reading it and enjoying it to think of how technologically to achieve those workarounds. That's what good science fiction does. Science fiction, really good science fiction is prescient, whereas bad science fiction is sort of uh, re- uh, reductive in, like, in the way it just uses... Like create something that we don't have before by using technology we already have. Right. Well, some good yeah, science fiction happens too. Along the I think I don't know. I <laughs> think I think that science fiction can serve its goals in one of two ways. Okay. One is giving us an idealized version of where we could be right. in the future, and I think Star Trek, the original Star Trek, especially being like, here's a post scarcity world. No one has to, you know, and actually, right, right. Any Star Trek could be an example. Yeah. Here's here's a world where nobody is starving to death. Here's right. a world where black people and white people work together and don't make a fucking big deal out of it. Especially the original kind of Star Trek. Pretty interesting. I know. Crazy. And stuff. They, they, they can present like a vision for the future and they can help us understand why it's important that that be our goal. Right. There's also a, a, another way that's, that science fiction can serve a similar purpose, which is by giving us a new way of looking at our current situation. Okay. And instead of kind of trying to present an idealized version of our future to give us an aspirational goal, they can say, like, I don't know, I think Blade Runner is a really good example of this. Fuck, yeah. So Mm. it's like, you know, here are things, some things we're wrestling with right now, and here is... Maybe this isn't the best way this scenario can turn out, and maybe it's not the worst dystopian way it can turn out. Right. But here's a way that this can play out, and I think that this actually gives us really interesting window through which to view our current situation. Okay. So there's like utopian, and then there's like just dystopian. situational almost. Like just oh, okay. well, I think yeah, there's yeah, utopian and dystopian yeah. where they try dystopian. and say, like, here's the best possible outcome, here's the worst possible outcome. But I think a lot of interesting science fiction tries to occupy a middle ground. Okay. Where yeah. it says, like, here are some new. Here, if we extrapolate certain things of our current society, yeah. here's how it could be in ten years, and here's how you feel about this. Maybe should inform how you feel about the direction right. we're currently headed. And I think the original RoboCop actually kind of did that pretty well. Right. And I think that your criticism yeah. of this RoboCop misses that this RoboCop could have at least a little bit to offer in that realm, right? Okay. It doesn't have to be an aspirational perfect world and it doesn't have to be a dystopia. Right. But it could be like, here are some things that are kind of in the common, you know, zeitgeist right now. Okay. Right? Uh, you know, all, all this thing we talked about before. Yes, you absolutely have a point. Having a conversation about a subject is better than not having a conversation. Sure. Yes, uh, if even... One human being watched RoboCop and thought to themselves, man, like, wait, fucking drones. Like, we've got drones, like, in Afghanistan and Iraq and all over the Middle East right now. What the fuck is going on with that? And who asks questions and has conversations? If even a single American had that conversation after seeing this movie, then, like, by all means, Jesus, play this in every theater forever. (laughs) Like, oh, God. Like... Because having that conversation is definitely better than have not having that conversation. Sure. These two officers are completely unaware of the monster in their midst. And then, in 60 seconds, I repeat, just 60 seconds, Detective Murphy brings him down. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. This, my friends, is the future of American justice. How many like Thomas King will pay for their crimes now that RoboCop is here? Yes, let's not shy away from what this means, people. Men weren't up to the task. But Alex Murphy, a robot cop, was.
So take the scene where, in the original RoboCop film, where RoboCop rolls up to the OCP offices, is confronted by the ED-209, takes the Cobra gun, blows it up, yep. and then walks in. Mm-hmm. And that that's the culmination of his, you know, movie-long tug-of-war fight with... Yeah. Right, right. How fucking memorable is that compared to... An incredibly expensive and incredibly protracted scene where RoboCop first incapacitates a cop to get him out of the way of the ramp of stairs that he's going to ride his yeah. motorcycle up, jumps the motorcycle through the window, land, hits the one Ned 209 with the motorcycle and puts his body on the other and wrestles it down and then kind of like stands between its legs while he guns the rest of the Ed 209s down. I mean... There's there's an obvious parallel to be made there. I mean, the people who made this movie right, right, wanted right. this to be the RoboCop versus Ed Two Hundred Nine thing, and they wanted to invite a comparison to the but, yeah. shot scene where he goes up and in five seconds dispatches the Ed Two Hundred Nine. But I always but, imagined Ed Two Hundred Nine as like the Ed Two Hundred Nine, right? Not not like a a, a swarm of them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but, like, again, there's a clarity of purpose in what the scene is about. Yeah. Right? Right. It's, it's, RoboCop rolls up, he is fucking self-actualized, and is ready to Mm -hmm. blow up the Ed 209 and walk past it, right? Right. He doesn't roll up and just have, like, the kung fu, basically, scene where he's just, yeah. like, kung fu gunning down all the Ed 209. Right, right. Gun Plane, Planes might also come in. Or right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who knows and who cares because it's a scene that could be in any movie. You right. You know what I mean? It, just, it seemed like the first one, every, every thing had, like, a purpose. Like, right. Right. Hunting like down, similar. you know, what is it, Red from the, that 70s show. Like, yeah. Hunting <laughs> down. My foot, your robot and ass. Like, right. You know, going up against, like, the prototype Ed 209. And it's right. not like the opening scene of this movie. There's, like, 50 Ed 209s right. and yeah, yeah. drones and stuff. Mm. It kind of takes away from the awesomeness. Like, I remember seeing the Ed 209 for the first time like, Holy shit, that thing is awesome. Well, there was a, yeah, there yeah. Was a lot of stuff like that in the original uh, movie that was like the big reveal. That mm-hmm. I mean, I think that I think it was intentionally done differently in this one for sure. But like, I mean, even though like RoboCop was in all the commercials and he was in all of the you know the posters and things that you saw in that original one. Like when he originally huh. shows up, it's behind that blurred window, mm-hmm. and he right, like marches glass. out really slowly. And mm-hmm. the Ed Two Hundred Nine is a presentation mm-hmm. that, that they bring out. So I mean, I think it was intentionally done in this movie to be different than that. But I mean, that effect is taken away. Where like you know, the I think you're supposed to watch the watch the scene again, thinking about the first movie while you're watching for the original movie while you're watching this, and go like. Holy shit, look at all those Ed 209s. Holy yeah, yeah. Look at all those Robocops. Yeah, I think the art right. of the Which can be fun. Lost. I don't think that I don't think that, that impulse is wrong necessarily, mm-hmm. right? I think no. that, I think that you you can do that well. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think in this particular movie it was done well. I well, don't think I don't think that idea was taken past that moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't quite know how to bring this one to a close. I feel like I had an ending in mind when I started recording again. Should we do an acapella? <laughs> Something or other? to bring that up for the first. <laughs> do we know any Judge Ed covers? We could sing the, the, the RoboCop theme song as the outro. Oh, that's a maybe that's a decent way to, to end it. You guys are in a band, and we haven't talked about the music. You've used, the, you've used our music in your show. I have. Um, Which we appreciate. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, that was Excess for Eyes. I'll yep. fucking sue you. No, okay. Ski <laughs> in court, motherfucker. <laughs> you horrible bastard. He just um, said court, dudes. We're fucked. Shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> abort. Abort. I thought it was interesting that this movie used really deliberate timing on when they would, like strike that particular nerve you talked briefly about how it, it, it you the movie kept like like trying to grab that little moment from you and kept like trying to like provoke that little moment of nostalgia from you but doing it really fast like it's almost like it's I got this and yeah. like it's done and then I'm on and then it's on right. to the next scene like they're just right. clearing, clearing the clearing the basis more not not di- diving into anything right I think they did the same with the music, don't you? Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they had a couple of musical stings that like were obviously like 
here you, I mean, you've been waiting 45 minutes. Right. Here's the RoboCop we've come up with. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music, yeah. Right? They were effective for that split second, like you're saying, and then they didn't work with another Nothing overall, to take home with it. But. Especially in a movie where that those musical stings are so well composed and so clear and distinct and simple. Right. Yeah. That by comparison, the other music in the movie is like way overwrought the, and way unnecessary and also way generic. One of the yeah, things that, one, it, of the, one of my favorite things it, it's is somehow like intrusive the rhythm of a movie soundtrack. Or yeah. Like like just just mute sound, you know, put to film and, and music that music that's added to it. And it seems so taken for granted, like um, just a lot of times, like 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 it's the background of something. Like yeah, like when those Robo- RoboCop parts came up that were very obviously the very patriotic, like back in the original RoboCop, very like um, uh, satirical patriotic patriotic sound put up against this, which I I mean it, I guess it kind of has the same relevance, but I, I don't know like that when when the movie moves so fast like that and nothing's dug into any of those moments. I mean, how do you draw out a piece of music in that? Mm, right. It just goes to the next thing. I think I wrote, that was one of my notes. Like, I wasn't texting other people while we were watching the movie. <laughs> I was taking notes. And uh, in his in, in the first, like, battle with him as, like, the RoboCop all in black, I wrote, right. beer commercial music starts up during first battle. <laughs> <laughs> dot, 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 yodeling question mark. <laughs> the yodeling. But that was like that was what I loved in the first one is like every time like a fucking RoboCop killing spree went on that fucking song like that music was synonymous with like dudes are getting fucked up <laughs> yep dun, 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 dun. yeah 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 it's almost as, it, yeah it's like Berlin in Top Gun yeah it kind of is or, yeah. or, or I could name you off a few other songs from Top Gun that it's like as well <laughs> oh yeah um, wait uh, there are other songs in Top Gun it was the second tape I ever owned um, uh, <laughs> right after the, La- comes out. the La Bamba soundtrack um, <laughs> do soundtracks of movies like really sell if they're not something like Frozen now mm. or like scores of uh... it's tough to judge because I mean like there was a bit so for a while now. in the 90s where like the soundtracks of movies in many ways became as popular, almost as popular as like the Transpotting, Transpotting, uh, Empire Records, Judgment Night, Judgment Night, <laughs> Jurassic <Yes>. Park, <laughs> Jurassic Park, yeah. the Spawn soundtrack. Yeah. Um, uh, judgment uh, night. I don't know if that's judgment night. Judgment night. Oh yeah, judgment night. Wait, judgment, judgment night yeah. relevant? Yeah. I think judgment night is relevant. Uh, fucking uh, the pump up the volume. Yeah. Pump of the Volume is an absolutely seminal like record collection and there in was, my there life. And was a little soundtrack called The Crow, the Crow soundtrack. I was about oh, to say, I, I did like The everyone. Crow soundtrack. Or you see, but the pump, the pump of the Volume soundtrack introduced me to Leonard Cohen, Sonic Youth, and Soundgarden. Natural Born Killers. That Ooh, was that was a good one too. Yeah. The Air. best Nine Inch Nails song. Uh, Airbud, Golden Receiver. That soundtrack was fucking. Ooh. Oh god! Don't make me choose. I want to rub my dick on your face right now. Just Airbud. Ooh, Fifty First Dates. That's right. Yeah, that one. That's the one. So if I were to s- summarize the soundtrack of this movie, oh, this RoboCop yeah. 2014, it would be on the nose callbacks to the original movie. Yes. And the clash. new, indistinct, meaningless dribble. Mm-hmm. And nope. if I were to summarize the movie, <laughs> <laughs> wait a second, <laughs> I might be able to reuse that description. And, and again, I, the same filter. I think there was actually kind of a lot that I liked about that movie, and I feel like I haven't. By which I mean to say, the movie could have made just as much money by not even trying. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it tried a little bit. Yeah. It, and I yeah. appreciate that. And there were moments where I was like, whoa, this is actually something I've never seen. Like, for example, like we were talking about the body disassembly scene. Right. Right. I mean, there's body horror stuff built into the original RoboCop, but they didn't have the means to do a but scene yeah, like that. No, no, the RoboCop. And I thought that was really interesting that they did. And I thought that it was something that came from trying to go back to the original material and say, yeah. what can we do to expand this? Yeah. Or what can we do to 
bring this to a new generation and make it affect them in the way that maybe 20, 30 years ago, the idea of a robot human affected me. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and I think that there are moments where they actually did succeed. In, and I don't mean to only badmouth this movie because I think there's moments where it's successful. I do think overall it's an unsuccessful movie and yeah. way too long and did a lot wrong. But it tries, goddammit. It does well, try and it occasionally succeeds. And I think, honestly, I would recommend yeah. this movie. I, honestly, anyone who's interested in RoboCop as a like thing, mm-hmm. they could do a lot worse than this movie. Like yeah, they could like watch a, RoboCop three or two, for example. Like a, <laughs> like, like a little bit of a money gauge. Like if you yeah. spend more than seven bucks on it, mm-hmm. you might. I mean, you might want to just see something else or yeah. wait. But that this is all right. The thing that I that that I think with with what you're saying is like the original RoboCop was such a rounded concept, like yeah. beginning and oh yeah. It all, it was, I mean. No. As much as you said, like a song is a beginning, middle, end, and that, and as long as everything stays within that, that's what you. I mean, what you deliver within that that realm, and that you don't take it on either side of that, um, is is the, really what determines whether it's good or not. Mm. This one seemed like kind of a cut and paste, mm-hmm. um, and then cut a and little paste bigger, is a really good way of describing. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it it worked with the framework of it being still a beginning, middle, end, but then it's like it. I mean, it's definitely not singular to that. Like a lot of a lot of things do that now. Yeah. Where you just kind of get in everything that you can, and there's so many levels of like editing and so many breakdowns of what we actually need to see in this, and mm-hmm. maybe what footage we have is actually like three times as long as this, but maybe it's not actually that good. So we're gonna cut it down a little bit. So the end end product seems a little bit um, spliced. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely recommend this movie like on a day that you call in sick to work. <laughs> yeah. And oh like yeah. And yeah, yeah. Or it's like two o'clock in the morning, you can't sleep. Yeah. 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 yeah it's it's a good time filler. Well, I think we I think we pretty much covered what we thought worked and didn't work about that movie. Anyone have anything left in the chamber? Check my notes. Uh, main character seems douchey and detached. We got that. Right. Well, he is a robot. Robophonia or phobia, depending <laughs> on how you spell it. Robo-phobia. Senator wears the bow tie. If we don't save the wee turtles, who will? Okay, we're, I'm on to Simpsons quotes now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, Last thing I want to say is like the original Robocop really, really had a lot of good send ups of advertising at the time. And in an yeah. era that we're now currently in, that this movie means to satirize. And which we are more inundated with advertisements in more ways than ever before. This movie didn't have any fucking like. Like I fucking said, that yeah. would have worked. Oh, still, oh, yeah. it would have like, worked so fucking we're well. So inundated with the fucking talking head Politico. And the movie did. Jackson would have had coke and whores like right behind. Oh, I don't know. There would have been you know the in the live stream from the battlefield. There would have been Doritos ads or so. I don't know. Who know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, they're totally. The, fl- the ones that are flashes of his right. So it's 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 the movie is you know going so close to trying to pull off what the original did and then yeah. backing off. And yeah. the problem the original movie had was it went so close to what it was trying to do and then overshot it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it didn't stick to landing. And it, also, just the original movie was kind of a mission more yeah. than the other one than, than right. this one. This was this was. If any mission, it was trying to do the other one justice. It right. wasn't trying to have its own, like, mm-hmm. statement. Right. Right. I couldn't agree more. Thank you guys for coming over. I really appreciate it. Do you guys want to plug the Cut 45 at all in any sort of way? We have uh, an album. Yeah, we have a four-song record on Sex Sheet Records that you can look up at sexsheet.com. It, it really is a real website that has other good bands on it as well as us. Just type yeah, yeah. sexsheet.com in your browser. Sexsheet. If you get it wrong at first, just keep typing things in. Yeah. And, and uh, we're, yeah. Uh, we're playing in June at the high water mark uh, with. Uh, Former uh, Beach Monarchs. Party and Hurry Up and Die, and then oh, that's We're, this month. Absolute Monarchs yeah, and yeah. the one this yeah, month is uh, Beach Party. It's it's with uh, uh, Blood Drugs. Blood Drugs. That's the name of. We know our shit. Thanks guys for coming over. Thanks guys for watching RoboCop with me, and thanks guys for 
committing so much of your evening to dorking out with me about talking about RoboCop, something I never can be done doing. It's <laughs> <laughs> your life's work. Oh, yes. Talk about the I will RoboCop. say myself, I have been a big fan of the show for Yay. as long as it's been around and, uh, and hearing you and Aaron, who I'm missing right now. I know. Um, it's just the, this is the first one in a long time he hasn't been. So you have to have us back, and we can add one more person okay. to your Okay, thanks, guys. All right. Love Thank you, Finley. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Cut 45. Woo! Woo! Where do I load out? <laughs> <laughs> now, I know some of you may think that this kind of thinking is dangerous, and these machines violate your civil liberties. Some of you even believe that the use of these drones overseas makes us the same kind of bullying imperialists that our forefathers were trying to escape. To you, I say, stop whining. America is now and always will be the greatest country on the face of the earth. I'm Pat Novak. Good night. Thanks for listening. It's super exciting to finally share this one. This is our first episode of In the Cut in almost 22 months. And a lot has happened since that season finale. But I could not be more excited to get back to work on this. Uh, I really have so much fun with it. Thanks for bearing with me on the sound quality in this episode. Uh, part of our reboot here entails finding the perfect recording venue for live group recording like this episode had. And obviously I haven't completely cracked it yet, but please stay tuned. And hey, if you're in Portland and you are hearing this before June 19th, it's not too late for you to see this episode's guests, the Cut 45, in their natural environment, which is causing a ruckus at a uh, beer-soaked live show. They're at the High Water Mark Lounge on, again, that's new, June 19th. Check the post at inthecut.org for a link to more info on that show coming up soon. And just like old times, you can also hit inthecut.org for your links to watch this movie and the next one we'll be talking about, which we'll get to in just a moment here. I also hope that you take a moment for any podcast that you love, whether or not that includes this one, and go to iTunes, hit the iTunes listing to rate and review the podcast because it does really help. I feel, I honestly feel like we're in a renaissance of podcasting right now. And your vote means a lot for what kind of shows you want people to discover and where this grand technological experiment all goes from here. Finally, I'm really excited about this. I'm in the early stages right now of putting together a network of shows, of podcasts, uh, hoping to get some really interesting and fun stuff produced and published that might not get released or promoted otherwise. I got the beginnings of a site up at resonator.network. You can just type resonator.network into your browser Although ResonatorNetwork.com works too, if not having a .com in there is too scary for you, you can use that. And if you have a show that you're dying to get off the ground, I can't wait to help you out, really. Hit me up, join the club, I want to help make it happen for you. Uh, Resonator.network, awesome. Okay, on to the teaser for our next episode. Thanks again. On our next episode, I'm going to be joined by Aaron again and by first-time guest Jacob. And we are going to be talking about 1997 Paul Verhoeven movie, uh, Starship Troopers. And I think that's going to be a really fun one. I have Aaron on the line here. He's uh, calling in remotely. I wanted to ask him what he thought. I don't know. What what, what do you look for going into this movie? Um, I mean, I'm really interested in... Uh the CGI from the movie. Cause I, I feel like it's one of the few from the era that's really held up 
Uh, you know, the other being Jurassic Park, which was pretty much the same people. Who who was the who's the guy? I want to say Paul Tibbet. Phil but I Tibbet. Think that's wrong. Phil Tibbet. Yeah, Phil Tibbet. Uh, the fact that you know he was someone coming coming from practical effects, uh, coming from stop motion. Um, you know, I think he did Ed Two Hundred Nine, and he did the um, what are the Star Wars Walkers. But it, I think he brings a lot to the use of CG that. Um, that you don't see a lot so that's fun um i guess the other thing would be you know i mean there's always the internet debate about you know how how satirical is this movie how directly satirical of the source material is it it's an interesting one i mean paul verhoeven we have talked you know quite a bit about in (laughs) in a roundabout way but um he you know listeners probably know he's famous for uh directing the first robocop movie as well as Total Recall. The writer of RoboCop was also the writer of uh, this film we're talking about. Yeah, we, we've, without ever having done a Paul Verhoeven movie, we have talked endlessly about Paul Verhoeven. So, um, this, I guess, Starship Troopers is the first Paul Verhoeven movie we're actually directly talking about. And yeah, this pretty much has been the Paul Verhoeven, John Carpenter, and how they relate to whatever other films podcast. Yeah, I know. We kind of. <laughs> We, we our minds kind of revert to those things. So the interesting, th- you know, one one of many interesting things about Starship Troopers is that it's a takeoff of a Robert Heinlein book that, you know, is universally agreed to be taking the theme in the opposite direction. Have you read it? I have not read it since the time when one reads Heinlein books, which is, I believe, you know 15 through 17 yeah in in that period i read stranger in a strange land but never starship troopers so i've never i have never read it myself whitney's read it um we should get her on the podcast i mean i I think the movie starship troopers is certainly satirical but whether the satire is aimed so much at um the source material as well as being aimed just at you know general you know general and you know, I think it's generally a anti-imperialist kind of. Um... And is one of the things we talked about in in comparing the RoboCop reboot to the original RoboCop is that uh, the original RoboCop was as much a satire of the movies of the era and the thinking uh, you know that goes into action movies and tropes of action movies, right. as it was of kind of the send up of the society that it came from. Um, and I think that Starship Troopers, you could probably take really similarly to that, that uh, it's a satire of like, you know, kill them all, you know, blow up the aliens action movies as it is of uh, war hockey, right wingy thinking that goes into the gung ho, you know, military number one. That's actually present in society. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that we let's talk about that next week. Okay, it's every two weeks. See you guys in two weeks. All right, so come back for our next episode where Aaron, Jacob, and I uh, are going to be talking about Starship Troopers. I'll I'll have some gin. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Okay, uh, I love you, Aaron. I'm glad to have you back uh, in the saddle with this project, and I'm looking forward to our Starship Troopers episode. See you later. See you later. Bye.